my good people. Welcome to another episode of the Legends of Athletics podcast. I am Justin Miller, and I appreciate you for taking this time to listen to this podcast. Hey, if y'all can't tell, I've been working on a new intro, a new way of uh, engaging you guys. But I will like to, I would like to say uh, sincerely from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for taking the time to listen, taking the time to be um, tuning in weekly, giving feedback, support. Um, and just doing all those things it takes to keep this thing going, to keep uh, to keep us motivated um, over here and um, and and keeping the, the ball rolling in the right direction. Um, if you have not done this before, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, take the time to follow us on so- on social media. Um, take the time to follow us right now on Instagram at Legends of Athletics 19, on Facebook at Legends of Athletics, and on Twitter at Legends of Ath. If you don't have any of those three platforms, uh, feel free to email us at Legends of Athletics 19 at gmail.com. Also, as you listen to this podcast, be sure to rate, like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast and um, make us uh, part of your your uh, your weekly routine. Um, I, we try to give you, or I try to give you guys, at least one to two episodes weekly. Sometimes, as a bonus, I may kick in three, but I try to give you guys at least one to two episodes a week. Um, we discuss many topics. For those of you that are new, we discuss many topics from mental health to relationships to uh, to spiritual health to uh, of course physical and fitness and physical health and fitness and things like that. And health uh, encompasses a, a, a wide array of things, um, and a lot of things fall into that, fall under that bubble and, and into that bubble of health. And so we discuss a lot of matters uh, on this podcast. So I thank you for uh, for allowing us to to be a part of your life and. Um, um, I hope that you make this uh, a part of your weekly routine to at least tune in to, at some point in the week. Um, so for today's podcast, I want to talk to you guys about neglected body parts and incomplete training. Um, many times within team sports, um, within um, even individualized programs for personal training, uh, things of that nature for the general population, um, there are many body parts that are neglected time and time again. And over the years, uh, there has been um, some some forms of uh, fitness equipment to come out to try to address these body parts. But at the same time, these body parts are not uh, necessarily um, put into the forefront when programming programs consistently time after time. And looking into many programs, um, it's quite apparent that uh, these body parts aren't aren't really recognized because it takes time to hit them, and it is also uh, is very detail oriented, and it seems um, to be minuscule minuscule when looking at the overall body. So when we train a body, of course, it's natural to have a bi- an arms day. So you train the biceps and the triceps. Um, a, sh- a shoulder routine, a chest routine, uh, and this is just talking about bodybuilding and, and things like that, a back routine, leg routine, but we don't address uh, mobility enough. Um, we don't address um, hitting forearms enough. We don't address um, hitting the neck enough. Uh, team sports, we don't address hitting the back enough. So even when I'm talking about the back, I'm actually talking about the back muscles, but I'm also uh, talking about the go muscles. So that uh, posterior chain, the low back hamstrings and the glutes. um, And we see many injuries from this. And we also don't attack in team sports. We don't attack mobility Um, as well as in personal training. We don't really attack mobility as well. 
um, when I'm talking about mobility, of course, we're talking about the movement patterns, but also um, having a proper warm up and a proper cool down, um, both in personal training and team sports. This is uh, sometimes neglected and you can kind of tell um, you can separate good trainers and great trainers from uh, one another from having a proper warm up and cool down uh, when they're wa- when they're working with clients. Um, also, strength coaches as well, when they have a proper warm up for the athletes and a proper cool down for the athletes, because that's important for the body to uh, to uh, first of all, to be primed for performance and then to uh, know when to kind of cool it off and begin a recovery phase uh, post-workout. And so when I talk about um, these neglected body parts, so for instance, in the the neck, we'll start with the neck. Um, In football and contact sports uh, such as soccer, of course, uh, uh, as well, and basketball as well, um, the neck is more important than we give it credit for. Having a strong neck um, prevents um, concussions, of course, because it um, reduces the impact of whenever you, um, whenever an athlete is hit, it reduces the forces that are uh, that are uh, absorbed um, through the neck. It can absorb your neck. The stronger it is, it can absorb more forces without creating such a whip, a whipping ac- action, which causes whiplash and um whiplash and um those <clears throat> strengthening those muscles can be done by athletes on every level um regardless if you have a lot of equipment or if you have the minimum equipment um we can strengthen the neck through exercises such as manuals so you can do manuals either with your hand or you can do it with a towel um or you can do it with a resistance band um preferably i would start with using a towel because it's the most um uh, most accessible to to many people and you just hold a towel on both sides and you um just protract and retract um of course with the towel resting on the front of your neck and you can adjust the resistance um by how much you pull back on your hands um with that towel going uh forward and backwards and then put place the towel on the on the uh on the back of your head and just retract and then go back to neutral retract go back to neutral and then on the sides of course doing side bends on each side of your neck um is a way to start uh start strengthening your neck because not every um not every gym not every high school this is for a general population and athletes as well has an apparatus to strengthen the neck and not everybody has machines that are geared towards strengthening the neck muscles. Um, and you don't necessarily have to do that to have to uh, progress. Of course, if you want a thicker neck, low reps and higher weight will, will produce a thicker neck. But just overall strength, you would keep the re- uh, rep range the same as you would for any other exercise um, when you're just going for strength um, within that 10 rep range, 10 plus rep range, and with a moderate weight, um, a weight that's uh, giving you the ability to work, but also not over, not taxing you too much. Um, and once you get better with doing those exercises, you can progress up to neck bridges. If you've ever seen those, wrestlers are very accustomed to doing neck bridges. Um, for the general population, I wouldn't recommend neck bridges at any point in your training because you have to have a high level of skill to be able to do that um, in a safe manner uh, without hurting yourself. But neck bridges would not be bad for those to progress up for those. um, If you have a trainer that's able to look at you or a coach that's able to look at you um, and and know that you're in a safe point, neck bridges wouldn't be bad for athletes that 
participate in football um, because you do uh, have high impact basically every play, depending on what position that you play. Uh, for linebackers, uh, linemen, uh, running backs, you know, you, you constantly have contact and, and are moving at a high rate uh, and producing force each and every play. And so that's what you could build up to is doing those neck um, bridges. But like I said, for the general population, I just don't see that ever been having to be a part of your program unless you're looking at getting into the cage and fighting or you're looking at going to the NFL or, or playing arena ball or something like that. Um, it just wouldn't serve a, a huge purpose for you just, you know, in overall health. And that's what we're going after. Um, the forearms, of course, <clears throat> we all have um I'm sorry y'all I'm having some science issues but with the forearms we all have um for the most part everybody um has uh decently developed forearms so you have decent flexors so whenever you turn your wrist down your for uh, uh your forearms are flexing so that muscle that that belly that's sitting under the under the wrist um is nice and fat because we use those muscles more so than we use our extensors so when the wrist go up and you uh fl f go uh they fly backwards that muscle's a little smaller naturally that muscle's a little smaller anyway but um if you're not blessed with great genetics to have great forearms like i'm not um then working on your forearms and putting it into your programming is very important uh first of all for wrist health um you know that would be great for you know just getting your wrist strong and capable of moving in each plane of direction so you want to be able to flex you want to be able to extend and you also want to be able to move uh have your wrist move laterally um just a natural part of life no matter how old you get you always want to have that because that's that's uh, in overall health and functionality, that's very important to have uh, from when it comes to uh, twisting the bottle cap off to um, popping a can open to <clears throat> just doing just, you know, everyday activities, activities, uh, uh, every activity, daily activities. I'm sorry. Um, you want to be able to, to do those. So um, in the gym, doing extensor uh, exercises is is great i would focus on for general population and athletes the same uh focusing on extending extensor exercises more so than flexing exercises because these days with us being on computers and tablets and even our phones more so than anything we are using our flexors a whole lot more than we are using our extensors and if you overuse your flexors of course you can run into issues such as carpal tunnel um <clears throat> you can also uh, have some impingements things like that um um, and pinch some nerves, things like that um, in the long run. And that's what we're trying to prevent. So we want to release those things. So working on those extensors and, and keeping those wrists in neutral positions will help us as well. Also, when you're on a computer typing, of course, I'm sure at your workplace or if you're in school learning how to type this and that, whatever, um, it's, it's kind of easy to be lazy and let your wrists kind of fall over and type because naturally that's, you know, what they want to do. But Working on keeping them neutral and things like that will will um, will keep you healthy with with your wrist mobility and things like that and uh, forearm strength and grip strength. Um, there have been some studies that have linked grip strength with uh, morbidity, and so um, the better somebody is able to grip um, or the stronger they their grip strength is, um, what well, not mobility but longevity, the stronger someone's grip is. Um, uh, the they've correlated that with um, their longevity to life. So 
Um, not saying that's that's just like one minor, one small piece of the puzzle because there's a lot of other factors that go into that. But having great grip strength um, is going to help you in the long run, especially when you, when you get older. And for the older adults that maybe listen to this, and the older population is never too late. So um, you know, making sure you're keeping those fingers and those joints moving as much as you can, because believe it or not. Even if you have some type of rheum- some type of rheumatoid arthritis, and I'm not a doctor by the way, so I can't diagnose you and prescribe things, but um, just reading different articles and um, and things like that and giving it to you guys, um, if you have things like rheumatoid arthritis or arthritis in general or um, <clears throat> any type of joint issues, strength training does uh, help alleviate some of those things. Um, and with some of the some of the ailments like rheumatoid arthritis and stuff like that. When you have flare-ups, it does cause you to go back, and it's like like you always restart. So if you don't stay consistent or you have flare-ups, this and that, whatever, those things can happen. But strength training has its benefits for you as well. <clears throat> so now we get to the back. Now, when I'm talking about the neglected body parts of talking about the back, uh, for many high school uh, training programs, I know when I was in high school, even from then to now, the back is not really... It's not really um it's not really trained. The back um is also tied into your overall core strength and development. So from the bit mid back to the low back, it's all the way wrapping around to the abdomen is all connected with, with core strength. And so if you have a weak back, then you have a weak core because you won't be able to do certain things like deadlifting over four hundred pounds for high schoolers, four hundred plus pounds. Um you won't be able to squat <clears throat> Um, a whole lot of weight without breaking um, before you even hit parallel without that the uh, the torso breaking because your core is weak you won't be able to do um, deadlifts with correct form because you'll have a rounded back because again the mid to low back is weak so it'll naturally just round off and so it, it affects a lot more than you think and it also affects your posture because if you have uh, especially like if you're a, he- a, a heavier guy or heavier girl and you carry a lot of weight in your midsection of course your naturally your back your back is going to bow or you're going to fall over a little bit if you don't have a strong core to hold your body weight up and and control your weight and so <clears throat> uh in high school I know a lot of times we have um we do a lot of uh power cleans a lot of hang cleans but we don't do so many good mornings we don't do so many romanian deadlifts we don't do uh and we do hyper extensions but i don't see those done exactly right a lot of times and so if you add more rdls or romanian deadlifts you add more good mornings you add more hyper extensions you add more partial deadlifts and things like that um and mixing it up with the straight bar and uh, the hex bar, then you can strengthen that low back and that mid back. Uh, for athletes, I recommend doing hex bar deadlift a lot more than straight bar deadlift because you're able to, that puts you in more of an athletic position and it's more realistic to what you're doing in your sport more than the straight bar is. Also, the benefits, um, it strengthens the lower back and the mid back as well as the glutes and hamstrings that fire those more, but just because of the angle that you're at uh, more than the straight bar deadlift does. does. But it's, it's great for coaches that are listening to this to mix it up and do a little bit of both of those um, in order to, to help your athletes the most that you can. Um, for anybody, private coach or 
uh, a coach for a team or anybody that studies speed, you know that the go muscles are in the back. So we have what we call show muscles. So the show muscles are, of course, the abs, the chest, the shoulders, the biceps, triceps, um, things like that. But our go muscles are in the back. They're located where you where nobody ever looks so the goat muscles are the hamstrings the glutes and the low back um to name a few and you have to also have of course we get into running technique that's a whole nother thing but the goat muscles are, are located in the back so a lot of times when i see athletes um have issues where they blow a hamstring or uh have a uh, very uh, uh severely strained hamstring it's due to a lack of either underactive glutes or weak glutes uh or overactive quads um the quads are located in the front of the leg so those muscles that are on your thigh and they insert right behind the knee and uh on the hip <laughs> in the hip joint <clears throat> and wrap around um some insert in under the glutes and in the hip but with the quads you have four quad muscles so you have the vmo you have the, you have the inner head of the quad i'm just keep it real simple we got the inner head of the quad we got the outer head of the quad and then you got a, a muscle that lays over the top that's superficial that you can see and it's a muscle that lays under that superficial muscle right under right it's two muscles uh right there in the front that lay over the top of each other but you can uh, most time and most people even uh i ain't gonna say underactive severely sedentary people but most people that are active you can always see the outer head of the quad and the inner head of the quad is all always pronounced um and if you're very lean then you can see that third head of the quad but you'll never see the fourth head of the quad because it's located under that third head and so <clears throat> um if you're able to to strengthen the, the quads are always going to be be strong but the hamstrings they're not they're never going to be equally strong but they they have to be uh close to sh the same strength as the as the the quads and um I thought I had it written down, but I don't have the exact ratio that we want to strengthen those. But you want to have pretty strong quads that match, uh, pretty strong hamstrings that match pretty strong quads. Um, and you also want to um, have pretty strong glutes as well. I know for a lot of high school athletes, uh, even some collegiate athletes as well, just depending on where they go to school at, they get away with squatting and not engaging in, um, not engaging the glutes or the hamstrings as much as they should be. And when we're lifting for performance versus when the general population or a bodybuilder is lifting, when we're lifting for performance, we're not necessarily focused on the mind-muscle connection. And so it's easy to have the glutes and the hamstrings get lost in the in the mix of all of that. And uh, also hip mobility plays a huge role as well because we if we have mobile hips, then we're able to sink in the hole and, of course, push through the hole and get those glutes fired up and activating and we're also able to get that hamstring to move within a full range of motion and to activate uh through its its range of motion before the quads take over and uh also if you have overactive quads or very dominant quads um they can take over the the exercise of a squat of a back squat um uh especially because most teams they just focus on the back squat and so they can take over in a back squat and you could not really get any any work with your hamstrings or glutes if you're if you're um if your quads are, are too dominant or are overactive um and for a lot of people that's what it is for many years i squatted and i had a pretty good squat um pretty good squat numbers um, and I had overactive, over just dominant quads. And I could tell because even when I tried to like 
focused on my mind muscle connection with my hamstrings and glutes it took forever to accomplish that and so i had to um just take time and lower weight and just focus on slower reps and rep count and of course the tempo and things like that just to get the glutes going and even sometimes uh i would have to sometimes i would have to prime the muscle so when i say priming like doing some glute bridges weighted or unweighted or doing some fire hydrants um just to just to get the glutes fired up that way whenever i uh, started squatting i could go down and feel my glutes firing up without having them pre-exhausted now there is a difference um not to have too much of a sidebar but there is a difference between pre-exhausting and priming pre-exhaust means i'm working that muscle to a point where it's fatigued so i can get other muscles more active within the lift and priming is just getting that muscle fired up getting the central nervous system fired up getting those um those <clears throat> those neuro neuro stuff like that fired up within that muscle to get it ready to go um, for action so you can get the peak for performance from that muscle whenever you do start to activate it and you know, start working it and, and get more muscle recruitment and things like that um, um, from that muscle. And also it creates a better muscle recruitment pattern because you're, you've primed it so you're able to get uh, more work and more more quality work from that muscle because it's been primed. Um, and that's like when I'm talking about the back, that's what that's I, I don't like in high school it's not knocking it but there's not a, a lot of um onus even for performance put on the back muscles like you don't see a lot of med ball tosses or um <clears throat> you know even standing long jumps or uh people using um um methods like that to get the athlete stronger and get create better performance and that's why i think that you know, high school strength and conditioning coaches are very important in the north and in the west, uh, west coast and things like that. They have high school strength coaches, uh, strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, but here in Mississippi, I can speak from Mississippi. I don't really know. Uh, I know a little bit about Alabama and stuff like that. But we don't have um, coaches that are just uh, uh, there to to produce um, uh, or help athletes get stronger. Um, in the correct way so most time head coaches or assistant coaches take on that duty and they have a lot on their plate so I don't expect those guys or you guys to, to be able to uh, preach and 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 get uh, cracked down on form and know all the exercises this and that whatever because your job is X's and O's and so you you can't be a jack of all trades and master of nothing you know you have to be a master at one or the other and your job is to coach the kids in the X's and O's and get them ready and then you know you had a double duty so you, you can only do so much and I understand that so that's why this this podcast is very very important uh for for athletes as well as coaches um in those regards but you know um med ball tosses sled uh pushes sled drags also are great uh for getting the glutes and hams activated as well as the quads and that overall development of the lower half and getting you some uh some calf work as well um as i said bridges are great um and those are just the name a few um and you know we want to have those methods um um, within within our, our training contrast training is very important for athletics regardless if you play football basketball what have you contrast training is um like for instance i might do a box squat and then when i do finish the box squat wait like uh 10 to 30 seconds or a minute depending on your fatigue level or your your level of uh conditioning and then do uh three to five um 
standing vertical jumps. Um, that's that's an example of contrast training, and it's very important for athletes um, as well as general population. If you're trying to uh, boost your overall um, health and performance, then you can you can add in some contrast training as well. And it's not like CrossFit style. This is definitely um, programmed um, with intent and purpose, not just for conditioning. Um, the last thing I want to talk about with neglected body parts is mobility. Mobility. Mobility is very important. Uh, I see some coaches take their athletes. I know when I was talking, I mean, not talking, when I was watching QB1, I seen one coach that took the took his players to yoga. And I know some coaches that bring in um, yoga instructors and, and things like that to their to their kids to uh, to work on the mobility because mobility is important as well as um, body awareness. Um, yoga is great for for bringing body awareness and, and teaching mobility as well. Um, and, you know, you never can go wrong with old-fashioned stretching um, as well. Um, and having a, a programmed cool-down into whatever pro- training program you have because it's not enough to just lift weights and go home, but it's also a thing to do everything right. You you got to remember when we're programming, that's what the second half of this podcast is, when we're programming, it's for a purpose and a goal. We're trying to go and reach a goal and not just uh, do things because of happenstance, but we're trying to go for a certain um, a certain goal, like increase performance, um, decrease injury, um, and keep the athletes on the field performing at at a high 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 standard of throughout the season the complete season not just the first half but the complete season so mobility is important um and and i have some youtube videos up for some mobility exercises that you guys can do um through the season just to uh just to make sure that your body is staying true to form and even coaches if you watch it that you may be able to add for your athletes and um and add into your training program uh both uh in season and off season to just decrease those chances of injury um and and have better output output for your athletes because one thing a lot of training programs are great but one thing that you see time and time again is you may have an athlete that performs at a high level and, and a, a high standard when the season starts but as you see the see the season goes on and once we get to about mid-season, you start seeing a decline in performance. Uh, you may start seeing an athlete get slower. You may start seeing uh, quickness and, and foot speed uh, decrease as well. And and you don't want to have that um, happen. You don't want to have that happen every season. And that may cost you. That may be the difference between earning the playoff spot and not earning the playoff spot, winning the championship and not winning the championship. And that's very important and key. And so – that brings up to the next point, right? So we're going to talk about incomplete training. So whenever we're training, we are not trying to, the best analogy that I've seen for this is we're not throwing spaghetti at the wall. So we're not, we're not shoot, just going all over the place with training. First of all, for anybody that's looking for a trainer or anybody that's starting to train, the first thing you should start with before anything else takes place is an, an initial evaluation and an initial assessment um asking the questions asking players the questions asking coaches the questions asking yourself the questions regardless of who training you um injuries uh uh, injuries that you haven't had in the past maybe some muscle issues you had in the past um performance issues um or performance uh goals um 
what's your uh, if you're playing football, of course, you know what's your forty time, what's your uh, lifts looking like, um, some things like that. Uh, what when you're on the field, um, do you feel comfortable cutting more to your right or to your left? Uh, do you feel comfortable? Uh, when backpedaling, things like that, just asking a series of questions because we're trying to put a program together to to better the athlete. So do I want a quicker first step? Do I feel like I need a more explosive first step? Things like that um, in order to put a program together. And um, also, it's kind of like I have the benefit of working at the hospital. Of course, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I work uh, I work in the hospital setting with uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists assistants, occupational therapists assistants, uh, speech therapists, nurses, doctors, what have you. And so I have the benefit of being around uh, health and fitness, all health and wellness all the time and fitness as well uh, with my own training um, business. And so I have the benefit of seeing this. And when um, physical therapists and occupational therapists are consulted to go in and see a person they're the first ones to see the person so uh they're the first person to, to evaluate this person um and so their job is to try to put the puzzle pieces together even when you go into the hospital for or when you go to a clinic just for you know maybe to get a shot or something like that and they ask all these questions just to try to complete the puzzle and put as many pieces of the puzzle together so that you can get so that we can help you get better and get reach the goal of health um and so when you when you think about it from that standpoint um even with exercises like you can't give a patient a a physical a pt or an ot can't give a patient eight different exercises and then when asked what's working they don't know what's working for the patient because you've done eight different exercises like we have to concentrate or you know and and this is overall strength coaches as well as therapists what we all kind of work the, the same you have to think what what are you doing in your training regimen that's working and what are you doing that's that's wasting time because when i'm when i'm working with athletes i have to do what's working and I have to do things that's working to help us reach the goal. And I just do a bunch of stuff that's wasting time or wasted movement or wasted motion. That same thing for a therapist. When they're trying to get a patient from being bedridden to being back on their feet, being mobile, being independent, they have to do the things that put the pieces together, try to put the pieces together to get this person um, better in uh, in a, the, the, the quickest amount, the quickest, the shortest amount of time to get their life back so that they can maybe that person gets back to work or maybe that person is able to play with their kids again you know what have you and so for strength and performance coaches we have the same job whenever an athlete or whenever the person from the general population or whenever an athlete comes to us and they say well i want to run a faster 40 okay do we do more 10-yard sled drags because if those 10-yard sled drags aren't working, then maybe we need to go to the resistance bands or maybe we need to start with resistance band, then progress to the sled. Or maybe we need to start with a five-yard shuttle or maybe just start with stand start. Um, and, you know, what? Ha- that's just uh, examples of, of just – a few ideas that you that you may throw into it or maybe um box squats maybe weight room is more so what we need than the field work so maybe box squats or quarter squats or half squats or what you know what have you and um you know maybe we need to do uh you know max effort squats or you know throw the throw the bands on the end and, and get some dynamic effort squats you know things like that you just have to think 
and and let the ball roll but you have to like do little by little in order to put the pieces together so you can make sure that you're getting the most from what it is that you're trying to do so that you that you're able to help your athlete or able to help that person uh get to that direction as well as as like like if a person comes up and says well justin i want to lose weight okay well do you want to lose weight or do you want to just recompose your body so do you want to just stay the same weight and transfer the the fat or the soft tissue into muscle or do we want to lose weight um and gain muscle um because a lot of people say i, well, I want you to lose 20 or 30 pounds um but then, yeah, you can just lose 20 or 30 pounds, but do you want to lose that and keep your muscle? Or do you want to gain some muscle because you may just lose 10 and look better than you would if you lost the 30 pounds? Or you may feel better at 10, at, uh, 10 pounds of uh, or 20 pounds of fat loss and 10 pounds of muscle gain and um, you feel better and you just want to keep that more so than just saying, well, let's just lose 20 to 30 pounds because people... I see. I even see that when people lose 20, 30 pounds and they get down to that goal, that goal weight loss, and it doesn't look the way that they thought it would, then they're still disappointed because they didn't uh, take the time to gain muscle or program correctly in order to get to that. It's also a thing too where you could reach that goal too fast, and you may have, uh, you know, your skin's uh, not this skin elastic elasticity. Skin's so elastic, but it may not be tightening at the same rate that you're losing weight so you may have skin issues or you know just things like that and so you know you have to be able to put the pieces together as strength conditioning coaches as performance coaches as therapists what have you uh that's that's something that's the same is putting the pieces together so when someone comes to you like i said before the first thing they should do if they're a good trainer or a good whatever they should be assessing you asking questions uh putting you through tests and seeing where you at like for me for instance for athletes just a baseline thing i'm going to ask a lot of questions uh within a general conversation so that you can tell me more and you can be comfortable but then i'm also excuse me but then i'm also going to put you through simple tests like a three cone drill a four cone drill the ladder drill i'm not going to do anything crazy or exotic um the very first day because we will build to that but i want to see exactly where you are we may do some lunge steps um because i got that from one of the tests as well just to see you know are you is that is the knee caving in is it staying straight are you able to uh to hold your body weight um, things like that just like if it's a general population person we may we'll probably do some planks just to see where your core stability is and your core strength is um do some air squats to see what the mobility is because believe it or not most people can't even do a squat um past the age of 25 30 you'll be shocked at how many people can actually get down and do a full range of motion squat um versus the amount of people that can't and there's more people that can't, they can. Because most jobs, you have office jobs or you, over the years you sit a lot. So you have tight hip flexors and those things get so tight that it just takes away the hip mobility or your ankles are real stiff. So your heels pop up off the ground or your knees are stiff. So you're not getting, you can't bend without bending at the hips and going face down and butt up. And that ain't what we're going for. And so those are, that's just one of the things that I, like a few things that I do. Uh, within my assessment to help me gauge what we need to do and where we need to go because overall general health and performance believe it or not they're not that different so <clears throat> that those are some things that you should be looking at uh when we're when we're looking to program with that first initial visit but as a trainer how do you program um you ask a lot of questions and then you start putting the pieces together 
you know, even if you're if you're training yourself, you ask yourself a lot of questions to put the pieces together. One thing about it we have in today's world versus I, um, I'm a young guy. I was born in 1990, and from 90 to probably like 2000, 2001, the world was in the middle of a, sh- a shift. Well, from 95, 96 to pursue that, we were in the shift from, you know, dial-up internet to where we are today. Um, and now we have an uh, influx and an overabundance of information out there. And so you can Google a lot of stuff if you're trying to train yourself and get yourself better. But even when you're training yourself, remember, less is more. So take it step by step and don't try to get it all in one day. I tell my athletes this, especially the ones that are hungry. And it's hard to keep, keep them, hold them, hold a dog back sometimes. But you got to remember, less is more. And over time, you keep taking small bites and little by little you get better and you'll see the results a lot faster than if you just start with the advanced stuff and skip the basics. It's just like uh, a musician. I had the privilege of being in band as well. And if I would have started out in varsity band, just playing different songs without learning my notes, without learning my skills, then I would have been a whole, uh, I wouldn't have been that great of a, of a musician. Um, but because I learned my skills, I learned to play um, the basic things, hold and learning to look at notes, knowing the difference between a whole note, a quarter note, 16th, this, that, and the other. Um, I got better over time a lot faster than than if I would have skipped the basics. So you got to have the basics in order to reach the advanced level. And and and, and like I said before, it's, it's always the same, keeping yourself from injury. Uh, and getting better because if we're injured, you taking time off from the field. You taking time off, even if you general population from reaching your goal. And the the goal is stay healthy and get to point B. Go from A to B, C, D, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You get the point. And so a complete training, a complete program entails that we address mobility, we address all of our muscles, we address. Um, our health issues. If you have some cardio, your cardiovascular issues, hey, I don't like doing, I don't like to run or get on a bike, but you know what? That's what you have to do to improve your cardiovascular health. Our pulmonary health as well, strength training comes into that. So you have to lift weights and lift moderate, a moderate load of weights. Um, But you know, even with the, going back to the cardio, um, if you're if you are morbidly obese or obese and when you run, it's a lot on your joints, you may have to start off in the pool or in water. Um, that takes a lot of stress off your joints and you can you can actually get a good workout and good sweat in just doing that. Maybe you run in a pool or do some high knees or, you know, some squats, things like that, and then progress to doing things on the bike and the elliptical and then the stairs, the stair master, and then get to where you may be able to run and then running on different surfaces as well. Cause concrete and pavement is hard on the joints. Um, grass is good. Sand of course is good. And a track, a rubber track is good where they have the rubber beads, uh, put down and molded together. Those are those are great surfaces as well. And then, of course, running up stadiums and things like that is good. If if it's like aluminum and stuff like that, that can absorb force and uh, dissipate force uh, within the knee, uh, the patella, and things like that, and and um, not be so strong um, on the joints because p- concrete and pavement. The reason they're so hard on your joints is because they don't give 
whenever you um whenever you run that's more so it's gonna depend on what shoe you have uh as far as far as your joint health when running on those surfaces uh quite a lot so <clears throat> we have to address um even when we're working with the team so coaches this is for you when we're working with a team address the needs of of the overall athlete so when you're looking at this program before y'all started in the off season uh, uh, before you start in the spring or you start in the summer or whatever your off season is, look at the program as a whole. Ask the questions of: Is this complete? Um, is there anything I can add to this program to make sure my athletes are getting the complete benefits of this program? And then, how do I make this program time effective? I know with coaching, I was in coaching. Uh, I coached directly uh, with the school when I first graduated from college, but before I doing my own thing privately full time. Um, I know that you have limited time and you have limited resources. And so when you get these athletes in, you have an hour uh, on a good day. You may have an hour and a half, but most time you have an hour. And with the kids changing and stuff, when the bell rings, if you have an hour and a half class, then you probably you basically have 45 minutes to an hour to get uh, all the work that you need to get done done get them cooled down and have time to get them to let them change and get ready to catch the bus if you want them to change catch the bus but if you don't want them to change then have time for them to cool down bell rings them be able to catch the bus for those who need to go home from the bus and so make sure that you're you're able to look at that program and and if, if you have if you have the ability to um because i know some of our coaches are older and they may not be have the ability to but if you have the ability to and you're younger try to put yourself through the program as uh as maybe a middle school athlete or a high school athlete um and i know college coaches do it but if you're a middle school or high school athlete uh put your pro put yourself through the program like they may have like they may do and see how long it takes for you and then you can gauge the tempo from that after that but um even also when you're doing team um for those of you that are programming these, doing these programs for teams um make sure that you that the athletes are always working um i know that we talk about rest rest periods and there's a difference between rest and active rest make sure that you have athletes actively resting because that'll cut down on the things that you have to do conditioning wise uh outside the weight room if you have them actively resting so uh for instance if they're doing bench press and it's a day where they're doing uh uh like a moderate weight at bench press then if it's a group of three you may have a one guy spotting of course and then you may have one guy doing push-ups or doing planks while the other person is bench pressing um also if one person is squatting uh one person is spotting and one person is doing um vertical jumps or they're doing standing long jumps so that's just an example or seated box jumps what have you uh while, while the person going so actively resting and one person is just you know legitimately resting and also know um what it is that, you, that you're trying to get if you want your athletes to be bigger and stronger of course we're going to do a lot of reps of five a lot of reps of three and some singles and some doubles um if you want your athletes to just be stronger then we're going to go for reps of eight reps of 10 reps of 12 um, maybe reps of 15, depending, but for middle school and high school, that's what I'm mostly talking about right now. Um, you don't really want to go to the past 12 range because then we get into the danger zone of form and we don't want too much form breakdown. And once you get form breakdown, you get injuries and we don't want to cause injuries. Even for the general population, I don't want to go past 12 because we don't want to cause injuries until, unless that person is very skilled or gets very form um gets very correct in their form then you're able to to get more reps but we want to um any, anytime you do anything with weight on your back you want to be safe 
more safe than sorry. So we want to make sure that we got the form down, down packed. Um, remember, that's an importance of having training. Um, there's an importance of having training for muscle balances, um, cardio optimization and energy energy optimization for athletes and the general population. So whenever you're working out, making sure, like, if I have football players, it doesn't make sense for me to do exercises that take longer than seven seconds or ten seconds because on a, f a football field, the play don't last but four seconds to six seconds unless the clock runs out. Then you may get one for ten seconds. But... um we want to use the right energy systems for the general population. We want to use the right energy systems as well um, because we got to think when we work with these people, their goal may be to play with their kids. Their goal may be to just perform their job duties at work without hurting themselves all the time. Um, their their goal may be just to be able to get up out of bed every day because uh, mo mobility is, is linked to morbidity. And so just having the ability to get out of bed, roll over, get out of bed every day, um, in the morning, this, that, whatever is directly linked to um, to your your morbidity, and so that may just be their goal. So we had to keep all these things in mind and make sure as trainers that we're working the right energy systems and working the right systems overall to put these people in a perfect position to be the best version of themselves they can be and be healthy adults until we take our last breath. And so remember all these things, guys. I know I gave y'all a lot of information, and this is. Um, one of those very informal podcasts um, because it's, it, I think it's been a little time since I, I just gave you guys some fitness, health and fitness tips um, from me personally. Um, I know I've had a lot of guests on here um, within the last month or so, and um, I've been running and doing a lot myself. And, um, you know, we, we're trying to give you guys the best quality that we can. I'm trying to give you guys the best quality that I can each and every time and um, learning how to to balance all these things is, is, is a journey. And so we're all on this journey together. And I appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time out to listen to the podcast and telling a neighbor and telling a friend and those of you that come up to me and comment the podcast and even those that text me about the podcast and, you know, talk to, talk to me about it. Uh, just know that I appreciate it. Um, I think I always say thank you, but if I have not, I appreciate it and I thank you for that. I thank you guys for the love and support because I love and support you guys as well. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. Um, it's, it's, it's about standing your ground. And even if you're going through things right now, just keep your head high. You're only facing what other men have met. You can do it. Just see it through. Um, always be true to yourself and always stay in your lane and be who you're going to be and do the things that, that, that may seem hard today in order to create a, a better tomorrow because what you do today affects what happens tomorrow. And until next time, remember, do those things that legends do and be legendary.